Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Loud Math Podcast, the show about everything and nothing all at once. I'm your host with the small lips and loud mouth. It's Madison Hatler. Happy 420, everyone. <laughs> um, I hope that you guys are celebrating if you observe this holiday. And if you don't observe this holiday, I hope you are still fighting the mass incarceration rate of marijuana holders and possession holders, um, which is what this podcast is going to be about. But first, let me just say that I am recording this on 420 on the actual day in spirit of the holiday because in spirit of the holiday and because I procrastinated by not doing this earlier and I was able to go to a Royals game last night and although it was cold and rainy and um, I don't necessarily care about sports, um, sue me, but I don't. It was still a really fun time, and we were able to, we sat right above the visitor's dugout, so great seats. Morgan, my roommate, was able to get them from her work, Um, and so we sat in front of the visitor's dugout, or on top of the visitor's dugout, and there were these guys sitting behind us that were heckling, quote-unquote, and they were terrible, and there is a, (laughs) they were saying just, like, stuff about nuts and like balls and like your mom jokes and that was their heckling which is that's not heckling that's not good at least that's not good heckling um and then there was two guys in front of us that kept turning around and talking to us the guys behind us kept talking to us and let me just tell you you really do feel like you're in a little community so although I am not a sports girly apparently I'm a baseball game goer girly and I was totally in character so It was really fun, but that's to say that I procrastinated this episode and it is coming out later than I wanted it to, but you know, things happen, life gets in the way, and I am doing this on a stoner holiday, so I think it just fits the mood. We're all lax, we're all chilling, and we're going to talk about how we all celebrate marijuana in America, but yet have crazy incarceration rates of people with marijuana possession charges. So, um, with that lovely intro, let's freaking get into it. cannabis industry has become a 61 billion dollar industry and while weed is talked about and normalized among a good portion of our nation with nearly half of the adults in the U.S. saying that they have tried marijuana and around nine in ten Americans favoring some sort of marijuana legalization act according to an April 2021 Pew Research Center survey and With the industry becoming more popular, it doesn't mean that it's allowed everywhere, though, with only 18 states and D.C. having already legalized marijuana and 27 states and D.C. decriminalizing some form of marijuana or cannabis. But even in those states where it is legal, that doesn't mean that it is treated fairly among its white and black users. Because while marijuana use is roughly equal among black and white people, black people are about four times as likely to be arrested for marijuana possession. 
and 89.6 of those are for possession only. According to the ACLU, 8.2 million people arrests were made on cannabis charges between 2001 and 2010. And as of 2020, the current estimate were that of some 40,000 people remained incarcerated for cannabis-related offensive. While that is a grand number, I do want to take into consideration that it isn't necessarily the clearest number. It comes from a 2004 Bureau of Justice statistic of survey of prison inmates. And that was about the last time that any data about specific drug convictions were publicly released. And there's only been one survey since then in 2016, and the Bureau of Justice Statistics is just now publishing reports on it. Since 2010, BJS has had its budget cut 37%, and massive underfunding means that it takes the Bureau an average of seven years to publish data collected in their survey of prison inmates. So while this is an astronomical number, and I don't doubt that it's close to there, this also hasn't been released. We haven't gotten an accurate statistic on it since 2014. So we've all been using the same statistic for a very, very long time, and it makes it hard for politicians and for activists and things of that nature to actually say something or say anything about it because of how little statistics are on how many people are incarcerated and on what drug possession, how much, for what, what was the nature of their arrest, everything like that. So while corporations, entrepreneurs, and governments in some jurisdictions are making millions of dollars in profits and revenues in the legal marijuana industry, Poor people in other jurisdictions are stuck in handcuffs or jail cells or with lifelong criminal records for possessing or selling minuscule fractions of what these powerful companies move daily. And in some states, there are even people serving life sentences without parole for marijuana convictions. So you may be thinking, doesn't us decriminalizing weed, you just told us that all these states are decriminalizing weed and that it's this huge industry. So doesn't that cause less people to be charged? And that's not exactly true. The statistics are really nuanced in a very big gray area. So while marijuana arrests have trended downwards in the last nine years, Um, It hasn't been a straight drop. In some years, there were higher arrests than others and then in some past years where we wasn't even legalized yet. So it's been on a downward slope, but it's been going up and down and in and out. And in most states, there has been a steady or lessened rate of marijuana charges. But in some legalized states, such as Maine and Massachusetts, the racial disparities in marijuana possession were larger in 2018 than in 2010. Marijuana possession arrest rates were approximately eight times higher in decriminalized states than in legalized states, although lower in states where marijuana possession remained illegal. 27 states and D.C. have decriminalized small amounts of marijuana, but this doesn't remove the mass amounts of people previously incarcerated for some type of marijuana possession. Racial justice advocates argue that state legislatures should not consider legalization bills unless they include proposals to help people easily expunge their records from past marijuana possessions 
as well as eliminate some of the barriers to entry Americans of color face when looking for work in the cannabis industry itself. All right, so I used a fancy word there. I used the word expungement. So what does expungement mean and how would it help these racial um, disparities among weed usage in legalized states? Um, expungement expungement is a legal mechanism that allows the record of a criminal conviction conviction to be sealed or erased. So 17 states and D.C. now offer some sort of expungement or record sealing for cannabis-related charges, and everyone has a different process for expungement. Some, some states like Alabama and Massachusetts don't offer expungement at all. States like Maryland treat complex convictions as a unit, meaning that in order to expunge one charge, all of them need to be eligible for expungement. And we all know that when, well, not we all know, but something that is known is that um, when you do get arrested and charged, you are normally getting charged with more than one thing. Um, If you go to a bank robbery, you're getting charged with, you know, um, harming other people's lives, maybe potential, like, threat to first-degree murder, robbery, and a bunch of other things. You're not just getting, you know, in jail for robbery. There's a bunch of counts against you. So, basically, in states like Maryland, they treat all those convictions as one unit. So, usually, if someone's getting pulled over and is charged for weed, they're getting charged with, you know, um, maybe under the influence, in possession, uh, misdemeanor, you know, a bunch of counts. So, they all have to be eligible. All those counts have to be eligible to be up for expungement based on their rules to actually, for any of them, to be expunged off the record. So you see how that gets a little complex. Other states like California allow for single charges within a unit to be expunged. The process of filing for expungement, though, requires a case-specific effort for each individual. This approach to expungement means that Filing is a time-consuming and intensely confusing process and, not to mention, expensive. Taking off work to even go to these cases to do the things that you need to do for it is hard. So, it's truly just a very classist way to even try and get something off their record. So, even if most of these states do have expungement rules along with their legalization of marijuana laws, that doesn't mean that they're all fair and equal like everything, what's new in the United States. Um, So far, only six states have enacted automatic expungement for low-level cannabis offenses, and many legislators don't recognize the need for automatic expungement or rethinking the system at all, which is crazy to think that we're all like, yes, let's legalize weed, let's make it accessible, let's make it, you know, you can't get in trouble for certain amounts or whatever, you know, you have your rules or whatever it is, but let's leave the people who got in trouble for it years ago, rot in jail without any parole options or really, really harsh, you know, counts against them um, and things like that. We're just going to let them rot because that makes sense, right? Just the hypocrisy of it all, honestly, especially because it is a racial issue. It's a 100% a racial issue, issue because we know the history of the war on drugs and it was purely to get hippies and black people. Once America figured out that they could use um, and associate drugs with certain groups that they feared or wanted to get rid of, 
they could do that. They could place it on them. So even in the 1880s, opium laws were targeted at Chinese immigrant workers um, because we feared them. We feared them taking our job. When I say we, I mean white people. We feared them. We thought they were going to take our jobs or whatever the fuck. We were racist. And so we were like, let's put opium on them so they could essentially, um, I hate the phrase, kill two birds with one stone. But what's what's like a good, I don't know, a better phrase for that? <laughs> it didn't stop there. Naturally, of course it wouldn't. In the first part of the 20th century, there were coke laws that were targeted at black men in the South and making it a racial and a drug issue, putting it on these black men so that not only would uh, white people hate the black men and persecute the black men they would hate the laws and they would support it and everything like that and then of course when uh, marijuana laws first started they were first targeted at mexican migrants and again associating these drugs with these certain groups that we feared or that were a threat to white supremacy that people the white men in charge thought that they were taking over our jobs that they were gonna do something or whatever the fuck it was um but they, we've been doing this from the get. They would find a drug and pin it on a certain group and then selectively enforce it among these groups, which is something is repercussions that we're still dealing with now, as we know that black communities are more heavily policed and enforced um, because of marijuana and because of the war on drugs. Um, so even when we're looking at this, these statistics and we see that white and black people are using uh, marijuana on the same basis at the same level, same amounts, we are still seeing black people being arrested more and incarcerated more because of how police are heavily enforced in those areas and, you know, have an implicit bias already instated in them. Even John Ehrlichman, Nixon's aide um, during the war on drugs, said later on that the Nixon campaign had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. So they spinned drugs against them, hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin. That's how they could take them down. And with the 1970s Controlled Substance Act, that's exactly what they did. And then used heavy, heavy police force to get these people. So bringing it back to where we are now, um, especially in states, because the racial disparity still remains, and especially in states where most distribution centers are owned by white people, black and brown people are dismissed from the job market because of past convictions. And the CBD industry is booming and blooming so well that it's projected to hit $23 billion in sales by 2025. And this is just the CBD industry, um, but only a margin number of black-owned CBD businesses and brands exist within the market. In addition, the legal cannabis industry is now worth more, uh, you know, over that $61 billion a year, and white men make up only, make up more than 70% of the C-suite in the industry, and only 7% are black. Left-leaning state and city leaders nationwide have embraced um, and tried to get social equity in marijuana licensing programs so that it could make amends for the decades of aggressive policing on low-income and minority people and help them thrive in this now booming multi-billion dollar legal pot industry. But efforts so far have really not been 
helpful to disadvantaged people and of course still remains the implicit bias of those who are already incarcerated. In a recently reviewed list of a hundred retail store, cannabis retail store licenses in Los Angeles, it was estimated that only 11% of black people or 11% of the list were black people and made the cut of retail store licenses. Um, For too long, America's drug laws have been unequally applied at a great cost to black and brown communities. While no law can undo lifetimes of injustice, our nation must immediately take basic steps that an overwhelming majority of Americans support, said Cynthia W. Roseberry, Deputy Director of Policy at the ACLU. So, I'm telling you all these things about how we're legalizing weed at mass amounts and people are celebrating weed. People are talking about it. It's in mainstream pop culture. Your favorite celebrities and influencers talk about weed now, but yet we still have millions of people incarcerated or tons of people incarcerated for low marijuana possessions, or we have people being denied jobs because of it, because of past records or housing and things of that that nature. So what are we doing about it? What can we do about it? Um, Where there's an act going around right now that you might have seen a little bit something about it, um, especially on 420 with the ACLU, but it is called the Moore Act. And on Friday, April 21st, 2020, 2022, the House of Representatives passed the iteration of the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungent More Act. Um, this is a this is Congress' oldest comprehensive measure, and it aims to decriminalize cannabis on the federal level by removing it from the list of controlled substances, which is what Nixon did back in the 70s, um, while providing certain social reforms to address the detrimental repercussions of the war on drugs. So ways to make licensing easier, giving you know a certain percentage of the market to black and disproportionate groups, um, and just Re- like repercussions or not repercussions uh what's the word what's the word guys oh my god you guys were probably screaming at me the word is reparations I looked it up I can't believe I forgot that but like reparations in the form of you know specifically to the war on drugs um the more act will tackle racial disparities head on by decriminalizing marijuana at a federal level level like I said and um this federal decriminalization will give states the freedom to regulate marijuana in and implement reforms now that the house has taken this significant step we have to now fight for the senate to pass the legalization that decriminalizes marijuana and does this so the more acts kind of faces certain oppositions in the senate right now especially if the passes any indication the last time the house passed this bill the senate subsequently left it on the floor without calling for vote to it and additionally the senate has its own comprehensive bill the cannabis administrative and opportunity or cao act um, which is spearheaded by senate majority leader chuck schumer The CAO Act is set to be reintroduced this coming month following several months of public comments and revisions. So this could potentially compete interests of these two bills because they're along the same lines and create an unnecessary deadlock, potentially leaving the cannabis industry with another year of failed reforms. So. You may be saying, well, what can I do about that? Don't you worry, guys. I have a petition down in the bio with the ACLU um, that you guys can go sign and help get the MORE Act, get more um, shines and signatures on it, get more support, garner up some more support. You can also 
post about these things, make it known, share it on your social media. And another fun way to do it, if you want to partake in 420 yourself, support Black-owned dispensaries and cannabis accessory items. I have a whole Vice article. I'll have a whole Vice article down in the show notes where you guys can order your goodies that are Black-owned and or um, supporting and donating to nonprofits that help with reform and legalization of marijuana and um, those who are already incarcerated for marijuana. So you guys can support by buying and have some fun yourself while also, you know, doing your part to give these reparations to make sure that we are supporting black and brown people in the marijuana industry since it um, has been so awfully skewed against them and They've been the blunt, no pun intended, of all of these incarceration and mass police um, enforcements on marijuana and things of that nature. So make sure you check out the show notes. Um, I will also have all my sources down below so that you guys can read more about um, the marijuana industry, the war on drugs, everything like that. You guys can follow me at loudmouthpod on Instagram or loudmouth underscore pod on Twitter. I will also have that linked in the show notes. And yeah, go out there, smoke some weed, but also remember that we need to fight for the justice of everyone who has been incarcerated, especially uh, minority and already disadvantaged groups from the war on drugs. So you can smoke, you can blaze, but blaze responsibly and remember to be an activist about it. All right, you guys, that is my episode. I hope you celebrate today. If you observe 420, be safe, have a good time. Um, Sign the petition down below before you spark up. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.